Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Speaking of food, I saw that Little Caesars just introduced their new crazy calzone. Here it is. Look at this. Looks like a deep dish pizza hooked up with a fidget spinner. Yeah, it's in the shape of a cross. It's almost like they're saying, if you eat this, may God be with you. I mean, <laughs> wow. I we're, hate stunt food, but that's funny. Later this hour, we're going to get back to uh, Biden and Stephanopoulos. I hadn't heard this clip or seen it. I'm just reading it. Um, George Stephanopoulos, do you believe the Taliban have changed? Biden, I think they're going through sort of an existential crisis about do they want to be recognized by the international community as being a legitimate government? Tom Jocelyn of the Long War Journal said, the Taliban isn't going through an existential crisis. We are. Yeah, I think the Taliban knows exactly what they are. I don't think they're having any meetings trying to figure that out. Wow. I can't. So Joe Biden actually thinks the Taliban is hearing this stuff about uh, world opinion or whatever and starting to feel, well, you know, we don't want we don't want Europe to be mad at us. So, you know, we have other things we're going to talk about, and we'll get to it eventually. But as long as you brought that up, uh, there was uh, Graham Wood wrote a piece uh, for The Atlantic um, entitled, This is Not the Taliban 2.0. The group's claims of having changed are probably more reassuring to those unfamiliar with its history, including Joe Biden, apparently. When the Taliban first sacked Kabul 25 years ago, the group declared that it was not out for revenge, instead offering amnesty to anyone who would work for the former government. Taliban will not take revenge. A Taliban commander said then, we have no personal rancor. At the time of that promise, the ousted president, Mohammad Najibullah, was unavailable for comment. The Taliban had castrated him and, according to some reports, stuffed his severed genitals in his mouth soon after he was hanged from a lamppost. Wow. And then they go into uh, the promises in the uh, the earlier era that uh, women can continue their education. We will not be, uh, you know, oppressive, blah, blah, blah. They, they made all the same promises the last time they rolled into town, or at least similar promises in similar ways that engaged in utter, wanton, God-forsaken brutality and vengeance, by the way. That is really something, and anyway. not the least bit surprising. Yeah. Here's yeah. my favorite story of the day. You want to hear my favorite story of the day? It's funny. Uh, do we need transition music? No. I mean, I don't know. I don't right. think so. I mean, that was pretty gruesome what you just told me. You know, the, the thing about that article is the guy keeps going back to the the whole genitals thing. He keeps making references to it in ways that were it not horrific are hilarious. And I know I should read you examples because you're thinking, Joe Getty, you're a horrible human. How dare you say that? That's what I'm I was telling thinking. you. The guy had me laughing out loud by the end of it. As uh, let me see if I can find another uh, reference to. Well, it. he's he's, he's trying to He's it. being deeply sarcastic about. Yes. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, there's a reference at some point to a gonad sandwich. There it is. Yeah, no, the Taliban denies these foreign fighters' existence, so its promise to keep them well-behaved and never let them run off to trouble other parts of the world is roughly as credible as its promise to rule without rancor or without serving gonad sandwiches to captured enemies. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. 
brutal. Um, this is my favorite story. This is usually Joe's beat to this sort of thing. <laughs> a former top Tennessee vaccine official who claimed someone sent her a muzzle in an attempt to stop her from pushing vaccinations actually purchased the muzzle and mailed it to herself. There's a shock. Fired Tennessee vaccine. She's fired for this. What is it with you people? What is it with you people who the reality of the situation isn't enough? You have to invent. You hang a noose on your door or the town I lived in, currently live in. There's a there's a a mosque there and uh, some woman smeared bacon grease on the door handle of the mosque years ago. And that was a big national story about anti-Islamic. No, she did it herself. She's a she's an activist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got this vaccine. They're so anti-vax, it's like they want to put a muzzle on me. I know what I do. I'll mail a muzzle to myself and claim that some whack job did it. You're and the make whack it job. Somehow you see. about race or misogyny or something. But you, but you see, you're trying to claim there's whack jobs out there. This makes you a whack job. You see, is the deal. They don't see. <laughs> That's the problem. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, let's do a little bingo, bango, bongo. We're going to get back into uh, Afghanistan and, and the tapes of uh, our, our rapidly aging, incoherent president defending his indefensible policies with George Snuffleupagus. So stay tuned for that. It's worth it. Trust me. I agree with you. Uh, what are his poll numbers going to be? The only saving grace could be that most Americans want to get out. And maybe people are just going to go with, I wanted out. We should have gotten out earlier. We're out. And maybe, but, but, oof. Well, if we accept the number that there are 15,000 Americans there, if 80% of them get out, that means thousands of Americans will die or be held hostage or imprisoned or are hiding out at the whereabouts unknown. That's an 80% success rate. I think die is the most likely. Yeah. Boy, yeah. Yeah. And if the Taliban decides to make a spectacle of that, which they have in the past, that sort of thing, like you know, stonings or beheadings there in the soccer stadium. They've, that's the sort of thing they've done in the past. Sure. They do that with Ameri- Americans. It's all a calculation for them. It, nothing will be decided based on it being in, inhumane. That's not, that doesn't play into it oh, at all. certainly not, no. And no. The, the, the ridiculous Biden administration seems to think that you can lecture these people and make them feel bad for what they're doing. That Their only calculation is, does this help us? be in charge here in Afghanistan or hurt us. And they could make the calculation that killing thousands of Americans would bring us back in because I think there'd be pretty strong public sentiment to go back in and whoop ass. Yeah. If they did yeah. that. Yeah. And they don't, and the Taliban doesn't want that. They want to run the country. Boy, like the United States, like great empires, we keep leaving Afghanistan and going back to it on this show. On another topic, uh, I know... How tempting it is to go to an unlicensed Tijuana cosmetic surgery clinic to see, save money. It's cheaper. It's so I know much it's, cheaper. I know. The brochures looked good. I saw the guy with the he had the saggy chin, and now it's up nice and tight. Well, and the reviews online, which can't possibly be fake. Oh, have you been reading it all about the, the, the percentage of uh, Amazon reviews that are fake, they think? No. Most of them. And who, who? In fact, if you assumed all of them, you'd be close enough to correct. Who, who fakes them up? The the whoever makes the product. Like if I have yeah. a ladder, I I put a bunch of great reviews on Jack's ladder. 
Yeah, and also because, and I was slow to realize this, the vast majority, or at least a significant majority of uh, the business done on Amazon is third-party vendors. Amazon's just the broker, and they get a little cut. And a lot of those are Chinese companies, third-world companies, communist uh, countries, whatever. And uh, you can't possibly get your money back from some off-brand Chinese knockoff whatever that had five-star reviews just up and down. And so Amazon's had to institute this policy where they'll give you up to $1,000 because you can't possibly track down the actual vendor. So they're broke, hmm. they're, they've been forced to admit, essentially, that they're brokering deals with crooks. Wow. And to preserve their good name, they will take care of the refund, at least in some cases. Wow, I didn't know that. I don't read reviews that often anyway because they just so often are crap. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do, but it's so hard to know if they're legit. Anyway, well, this 38-year-old... We've year old, talked yeah. about how hard that is, though. Like, you, you want to go to a bed and breakfast. <laughs> back to back, you'll have somebody who's this is the weekend of our life. We fell in love again, followed by rat-infested hellhole. And you, and you <laughs> right. realize that like, they stayed a weekend apart. So how, how is that even possible? Yeah. But that happens yeah, all no the kidding. time. So uh, 38-year-old... Kiwana Kiwana Weaver would be posting a very negative uh, review of this off-brand Tijuana Cosmetic Surgery Clinic if she had survived the procedure. What kind of? Fortunately, she did not. Facelift, liposuction, butt lift, doesn't say. calf implant. Well, they claim to be able to do it all, but they they're running down the list of people who'd cross the border to get this work done, and I don't know, come for the hemorrhaging, stay for the kidneys shutting down. Yeah, you know, uh, am I supposed to feel bad about this? Yes. Don't freaking go to a Mexican Tijuana cut rate doctor to get hacked apart. You vain, well, I- vain and moron. You're a vain oh, moron. Oh, jeez, way easy now. It's, it's a god dang it. This family's in mourning. You got to take it easy. You're a dumb family member. Don't oh, go to oh, Mexico. My God. This is our last show, folks. I will teach my kids this. Don't go to third world countries to get medical procedures done. Here's something you ought to know. The Mexican authorities claim to regulate this sort of thing and crack down. They don't. It's utterly corrupt. The country is corrupt. The person who was running the institution that was supposed to be, you know, riding herd on these people just got fired for being a crook. Are there people that didn't assume that? Yes. Yeah, people don't understand how corrupt Mexico is. And you might make the case that having hundreds of thousands of, of folks from that country who are used to corruption, crime, and drug cartels come into our country willy-nilly is probably not a healthy exercise. That's funny. I mean, if I went to, if I had to go to a doctor in Mexico, like I'm there on vacation and I break my ankle, back when I used to ride my motorcycle around Mexico, if I was in the doctor's office and I saw some sort of certified by the Mexican board of something or other... I, I would have thought, yeah, whatever. How much do you pay for that in this country? How does that work? Slap a cast on that, and I'm going to get home to the States as quick as I can. Yeah. 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 Jeez. Anyway, a little uh, consumer alert there. Consumer alert. Yeah, I guess if you needed it. And whoever calls you tonight and says they need your Social Security number, don't give it to them. I guess we're going to work the very basics. Don't get Tijuana. T-Mobile will give it to them for you. <laughs> You need my social security number? Call the Chinese or T-Mobile or anybody. Call the Russian mob. They got it. Hey, uh, Vladimir, I can't remember my social security number. Um, Give me a minute. Here it is. You ready? What they could, got it. What could we mail to ourselves? Like, who's, who's a group that comes after us or might come after us and we could mail something to ourselves? Or Oh, I don't know. Uh, 
Nobody, well, I don't know. Everybody's mad at us all the time, so nobody's particularly <laughs> mad at us. Right. I don't know the Democratic Party, Gavin Newsom. I don't know. Um, what would we mail ourselves? We're a couple of white guys, so that removes several options. Yeah, muzzle doesn't really make sense. Well, muzzle, no. we're talk radio hosts. Muzzle makes sense. Got a muzzle in the mail. Well, we got, we did that pretend LA News, I got a death threat thing once. What was yeah. that all about? That was about MySpace, wasn't it? Yeah, That's how some, old that some was. lunatic had suggested that the world would be better off if we were dead on MySpace. And the U came off as, oh, oh my God, it's the death threats I can't get past. <laughs> Please. But, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I might mail us a muzzle with some sort of that, vague threat. That was the early days of the Internet before everybody realized if you misspell a word, you'll get a death threat. I mean, this is kind of <laughs> that's the, the, the local yeah. language. Yeah, uh, we will get to um, Biden's interview with the George Stephanopoulos, which is making waves and probably not the ways he was hoping for. For me, I can't get past the death threat. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Two things have happened here. One, the chance of another 9-11 is tenfold because of the way Biden has handled this. And the chance of other people helping us in the future after this debacle is almost zero. So Joe Biden and apparently our generals and our Secretary of Defense are willing to sacrifice all those who helped us because they don't have the will or the determination to get them out. Well, they can't. Not anymore, they can't. The French are. They're getting their people out. They're landing um, special forces dudes, like in the desert, and getting people out a variety of ways. Hmm. Hmm. I'd like to know more about that. Yeah. We'll be playing you some tapes of uh, George Stephanopoulos uh, interviewing Joe Biden. It does not go well. That's the next segment. It will be chock full of that, so please stay with us. You want I got something that will make you throw up in your mouth coming up. Oh, great. Super. What's the matter with you? What, have you ever listened to the radio? I mean, do you have any idea why people listen to the radio? It's not for that. Here's a hint. Unbelievable. Well, I'll tell you right now. Oh, I'm looking good. up. At, I'm looking at Good Morning America. I'll just read the headline. They're interviewing Selena Gomez. Is she a singer or actress? Or she's like she's a one of the. Uh, um, I almost used an unfortunate term. Uh, hot young girl performers ch- turned out of the Disney machine, I believe. Oh right, Selena Gomez sizzles in Elle's Latinx issue. So Elle magazine is going with Latinx. Good Morning America's going with it. Despite the fact that you brought us the Gallup numbers on that yesterday, that the vast majority of Hispanic people either are unaware of that term or don't like it. Fewer than 5% prefer it. That is... And they're just, they're university professors. That is incredible. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, Speaking of great performers, uh, it's almost impossible that Bob Dylan is guilty of those bizarrely uh, dated accusations that came out the other day that 56 years ago he groomed and sexually abused a 12-year-old girl. Uh, According to uh, this bloke who's written eight books about him, which is plenty, um, 
he was, uh, during the time, discussed that he was plying her over a six-week period in his New York Chelsea hotel. He was on tour in Britain, in California, and D.A. Pennymaker was making the uh, Don't Look Back documentary, and it is virtually impossible that any of that happened during the period cited. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I do not like the look of leaping to the defense of a rock star uh, when a woman accuses him of something terrible. Um, on the other hand, the mere act of waiting 56 years, then suing, and I think it was young Alex who put it out, might have been a producer, Mike Hansen, pointing out that didn't he just sell his uh, catalog of songs so now he has hundreds of millions of dollars laying around? I mean, to wait 56 years and then do it very publicly, that's strange behavior. Yeah. Well, you can't defend yourself from some accusation 56 years ago. How would you? Well, I know. I know. Unless some guy's written eight books about you and he can do it for you. Uh, we'll uh, review the charges that Donovan kicked people's dogs coming up. Stay with us. Headline in USA Today today. Gender-neutral weddings reimagine the classic tradition. Wedding planners say more couples are looking to degender how they tie the knot. Well, since none used to, if any do now, that would be an increase. I'm yes. thinking it's gone from 0% to 1% of weddings are gender neutral. But who knows? And they'd probably insist on using the term Latinx as well. I don't think Biden made his situation better in his interview with George Stephanopoulos, though he thought he was going to uh, friendly grounds. We'll play clips of that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? What I thought was we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. And we did. That was four days ago, five days ago. What? What difference would that... You're wrong, first of all. It was two days ago, but what What are you talking about? Why are you getting angry at this question? <laughs> I, I wonder if Snuffleupagus said, no, it wasn't. It was Monday. <laughs> and that was taped on Wednesday. <laughs> um, uh, uh, and they just decided to edit it out, because that's the obvious response. But okay, sure, Mr. President, whatever. Is he trying to claim that... You unfair conservative media types are ganging up on me and showing video over and over again. I guess that's what his angle was. Uh, these are the same people who openly chucked all of their ethics to get you elected. <laughs> um, I suppose we got to go with uh, the could this have been handled better because that's uh, that's getting so much play. It's just absolutely amazing. Clip 20 there, Michael. You don't think this could have been handled? This actually could have been handled better in any way no mistakes no i i i don't think it could have been handled in a way that there we we're going to go back in hindsight and look but the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing i don't know how that happens i don't know how that happened so for you that was always priced into the decision yes now exactly what happened i was not priced in but i knew that they're going to have an enormous, enormous... Look, one of the things we didn't know is what the Taliban would do in terms of trying to keep people from getting out. 
what they would do. You didn't anticipate that the Taliban would try to make it difficult for people to get out. That just the meanderingness of those answers, the fact that you wouldn't have changed anything. Well, there had to be chaos. There had to be 15,000 Americans taken hostage in effect. You, you don't mean that. And there was an edit in there. We didn't do that edit. ABC did. Um, where he came back to it. No, no, I didn't, uh, I didn't price in exactly what happened. I wonder what happened in that edit. Eh. You know, I, hate I wonder to... if he went off on a, a just a, one of those wild senior moment rides he does sometimes. I hate to go back and forth between the president and other stuff, but the, this other stuff that uh, uh, General Milley and uh, the Secretary of Defense Austin got into at roughly the same time as the president yesterday about the speed of the collapse and how nobody could see this coming and are we going to be able to evacuate everybody is just also stunning material. I think that's a great idea. It's absolutely germane to what uh, the president's talking about. How about uh, 42 there, Michael? I'm seeing all over the news that there are warnings of a rapid collapse. That was widely estimated and ranged from weeks to months and even years following our departure. There was nothing that I or anyone else saw that indicated a collapse of this army and this government in 11 days. This comes down to an issue of will and leadership. Um, And no, I did not, nor did anyone else, see a collapse of an army that size in 11 days. Okay. Front page Wall Street Journal today. This is their big story. Swift victory was years in the making. And they lay out all the details and quoting all kinds of different people who saw this coming for uh, at least the last year, if not longer. Richard Engel reported all week along on MSNBC whenever he was asked, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, this is what I've been reporting for months. I knew this was going to happen. Do you, do you remember? I was reporting that how the Taliban is laying the groundwork to take over these provincial capitals as soon as we get out. Uh, so Joe opened the show with the SecDef and General Milley got two choices. They're either lying to you and they should resign, or they don't know what the Wall Street Journal and Richard Engel and a bunch of other people knew, so they should resign. Right, right. It's astounding. Do we need to, you know, the U.S. government throws trillions and trillions of dollars around. Can we spring for a subscription to the Wall Street Journal and some cable TV for General Milley there and, and the the SecDef, Secretary Austin? As to where we are with those two uh, getting people out now, clip 44. And we are the United States military, and we fully intend to successfully evacuate all American citizens who want to get out of Afghanistan. They are our priority number one. I would draw a distinction, uh, Barr, between extracting uh, someone in an in extremist condition or, or, or circumstance versus uh, going out and collecting up large numbers of, uh, of American citizens. But you have the capability to go out and collect Americans. We don't have the capability to go out and collect up large uh, numbers of, of, uh, of people. That's the Secretary of Defense answering the question, saying we don't have the ability to go out there and get people. If they can get to the airport, we can fly them out. But if they can't get to the airport, we can't help them because we, the Taliban, controls that situation. They got more people and more guns. They control that situation. So just moments ago at the Pentagon, uh, Kirby was asked this question. Today, how many Americans, uh, American citizens remain in, in Afghanistan? I don't know. So, so, hey. so you're, I mean, you're planning for these operations, and you should be, you know, have some kind of account of 
how many Americans are whether in harm's way or need to be evacuated, right? I think as you probably know, um, uh, I mean, first of all, the, the State Department would be a better place to go for an estimate of how many Americans are Afghanistan or in and around Kabul. That is not a they figure that, that the United States military would would know. And, um, and I think, as you also know, not every American citizen in another country, uh, uh, that there's no obligation that they register their presence uh, and and that we and that you can have a, a perfect accurate count, but I, I don't have that figure, and I, I'd refer you to my State Department colleagues for the best estimate on that. Could you tell us within a couple of thousand? But it is a decent question. If you don't have any idea how many there are, how are you planning for this sort of thing? Well, and Jen Psaki and the president and various folks have been throwing around figures for the last week. Has it not come up in a meeting at all? Kind of hard to believe that that's the case. So the dispatch is saying fifteen thousand Americans that are still there, roughly, and about 80,000 Afghanis who helped us that were supposed to get out for a total of about 100,000 people that should get out. The president, back to his interview with George Stephanopoulos, is really only committing to uh, getting the Americans out. Uh, Which one is that? Because that uh, that gets to the root of a lot of this. Uh, Yeah. 22. Yeah, I think 22, yeah. And are you committed to making sure that the troops stay until every American who wants to be out is out? Yes. How about our Afghan allies? We have about 80,000 people. Well, that's not the Is that too high? That's too high. The estimate we're giving is somewhere between 50 and 65,000 folks total, counting their families. Does the commitment hold for them as well? The commitment holds to get everyone out that, in fact, we can get out and everyone should come out. And that's the objective. That's what we're doing now. That's the path we're on. And I think we'll get there. So Americans should understand that troops might have to be there beyond August 31st. No, Americans should understand that we're going to try to get it done before August 31st. But if we don't, the troops will stay. If we don't, we'll determine at the time who's left. And? And if if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. Yeah, that's what he was asking. Good for Stephanopoulos Stephanopoulos to stick with that. Because oftentimes politicians get away with not answering the question like that. And then what? (laughs) Well, then we'll have to stay to get them out. Okay, that's what I'm trying to get you to say. We're going to stay past that date, possibly. So why does the president have a number in his head? Lots of people have a number in their head. But John Kirby doesn't. He, well, he, he was busy. He hmm. didn't get to the meeting. Something. He missed the memo. He gets a lot of email. You know, I'm going to say something about that clip, and I, I mean this 100% sincerely. At the end, he seemed to indicate clearly that after August 31st, non-U.S. citizens are out of luck. Because he said, well, we'll stay if we have to get American citizens out. I, so that's, I think that's the case. I think we're going to leave behind... 50 to 80,000 people that helped us. As you asked earlier, how many Americans are we going to leave behind? Because they have to be able to get to the airport. And as you just heard from the freaking Secretary of Defense of the United States of America, we don't have the ability to go out and get them. So right. of those 15,000, how many of them are going to be able to make it to the airport? Are we going to leave behind 500, 1,000, 2,000? Well, at this point, given the situation, if we got 80% out, that would be something close to a miracle. And that means we left 3,000 Americans. And, and does the Taliban uh, kill them? Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, you know, I didn't finish my thought. So the president seemed to be indicating that uh, non-U.S. citizens, you're screwed as of August 31st. But I don't have any confidence that that's really what he meant. I mean, it was so, like, rambling, old mannish. He's not sure he had to be led by Snephalopagus. Uh, I just, I don't know if he meant that, really. He sounded confused. And, you know, I'm not going to beat the guy up for stumbling over words. We do this for a living. It's, it's you know, it's easy to do. <laughs> um, but it struck me in listening to that last clip, he sounds very much like a boxer way past his prime who's who has neurological issues. I don't know, but there's a lot of incoherence going on and uh, a lot of ass covering coming out of the Pentagon yesterday with that whole nobody could predict this. That's funny. There's all kinds of serious journalistic outfits saying you absolutely could predict this and you're supposed to have better information than us. Well, let's go ahead and run 28. But if there's no good time, if you know you're going to have to leave eventually, why not have the, everything in place to make sure Americans to get out, to make sure our Afghan allies get out, so we don't have these chaotic scenes in Kabul? Number one, as you know, the intelligence community did not say back in June or July that, in fact, this was going to collapse like it did. Number one. They thought the Taliban would take over, but not this quickly. But not this quickly, not even close. Now, granted, it took two days to take control of the airport. We have control of the airport now. Still a lot of pandemonium outside the airport. Well, there is, but look, but no one's being killed right now. God forgive me if I'm wrong about that, but no one's being killed right now. We have control of the airport, and that's it, that tiny little island. And only because they let us. Only because the Taliban wants us to get out, apparently. They didn't have to let us have control of the airport, because there's way more of them than of us if they decide. Exactly. Yeah, they said, as soon as you get your people out, you're gone, right? And we say, yeah. So they said, okay, you can have the airport. And once again, quoting the FDDEF, the freaking Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of Defense of the United States of America said, we can't leave the airport and go out and get people. So Joe Biden saying, we secured the airport in like two days because they let us and we have no influence over anything else. Those are some weak, that's some weak sauce there, man. It's, well, it's pretty clear we are now offering enormous sums of money to the Taliban if they will keep their people in line and let Americans get to the airport. That story will and come that's, out. That's an iffy-if, man. Boy, when that story comes out someday, that's not going to land well politically. If it turns out we gave them $2 billion to get our people out because we planned so poorly. So we ought to play these Kamala Harris clips that I haven't heard yet, but I've had them described oh, to me. Uh, so good about how she's so the good. last person in the room and what and how and Joe Biden's decision making process because I think we're all kind of wondering about that right now. Well, here's the long story short, and then we'll get to the clips in a minute. But uh, Kamala really wanted to make herself seem to be part of the inner inner circle, a critical part of the decision making apparatus of the Biden administration. Oh, yeah, Kamala, how are things going? We'll have those clips for you next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. President 
Biden always said that he wants you to be the last person in yeah. the room, particularly for big decisions, just as he was for President yeah. Obama. He just made a really big decision. Afghanistan. Yes. Were you the last person in the room? Yes. And you feel comfortable? I do. Aren't you proud of yourself? So we got more of this to enjoy, but that's uh, Kamala Harris there. I don't, uh, I don't think Joe Biden's a bad person. I just think he's senile and wrong. I do think Kamala Harris is a bad person. I think she's actually just a bad human being. <laughs> well, America made that same judgment, really, yeah. when they booted her out of the race uh, weeks prior to but Iowa. Democra- Democrats made that judgment. Right. Yeah. About her. But she checked some good boxes. So but they put her on the ticket. Here she's going to explain Joe Biden's decision-making process. This is a president who has an extraordinary amount of courage. He is someone who I have seen over and over again make decisions based on what he truly believes, based on his years of doing this work and studying these issues, what he truly believes is the right thing to do. And I'm going to tell you something about him. He is acutely aware that it may not be politically popular or advantageous for him personally. It's really something... To see, and I and I wish that the American public could see sometimes what I see, because ultimately, and the decision always rests with him. But I have seen him over and over again make decisions based exactly on what he believes is right, regardless of what maybe the political people tell him is in his best. Um, yeah, right. Blah blah blah. Interest. You know, my favorite part of that interview. I guess we don't have tape of or something, but she said. When Joe Biden asked me to join him on the ticket, he did so with a sense of intentionality of purpose, knowing that he and I may have very different life experiences, but we also have the same values and operate from the same principles. But it was something that I knew he was very intentional about in terms of asking me to run with him and serve with him, which is that I will bring a perspective that will contribute to the overall decisions that we make. And then she gets into the last person in the room thing and. She was the last person in the room deciding really? about Afghanistan. You don't think it was just because he couldn't have another white guy on the ticket? <laughs> I don't think it was that complicated. Um, uh, that's funny. I just remembered this. And this is a huge story. I should have mentioned earlier. So uh, I've been telling you today that the Washington Post had four front page stories beaten up on Biden today with lots of quotes, all building an argument that this has been um, uh, incompetent through and through. Like, and and with no, you know, some of this, some of that, maybe this, maybe, no, just quote after quote from sources on the record or off the record describing how this has been a disaster. One of the articles makes the claim in the Washington Post, their news stories are practically opinion pieces, the way they form them. Sure. One of the articles was making the argument that the reason Joe Biden drug his feet on getting all those... uh, Afghanis out of there that helped us. The reason that he didn't intervene on the visa process to try to speed that up is he was afraid that the Republicans would attach that to our already bad border crisis Mm. and that that he was going to pay a political price because the border's so messed up and so many people are coming into the country from another land already that if he brought a bunch of people in in from Afghanistan, he was going to get murdered for it. So he made the political decision to hang them out to dry. They may get freaking beheaded after their daughters and wives are raped, but for political reasons, because the border's a mess, he didn't want to add to, uh, you know, uh, immigration stress. 
and that that's no, why he drug just his feet. So courageous, he's incredibly courageous. And they have he all kinds care of quotes. If it makes him look bad. They have all kinds of quotes in the Washington Post about various people, you know, Congress saying, "Hey, we can do this, we can do that. Would you like us to do this? Would you like us to do that?" And just them never getting back to him at the White House and refusing to do his right thing. So the Washington Post, the Washington Post thinks Joe Biden hung these people out to dry. They may die over it for political reasons. So kind of the opposite of what Kamala Harris just said about he doesn't care if people are telling him this is politically not advantageous. He's a brave man. Well, the the Washington Post, which is not exactly Fox News, thinks he made these decisions entirely for political reasons. Well, and one of the most excruciatingly inexcusable things he said in his speech the other night was that one of the reasons a lot of the Afghans hadn't gotten out was because they didn't want to. But can you imagine? Hang around. Can you imagine? When, when you got groups like No One Left Behind that have been begging the Biden administration and the Trump administration, for that matter, to get tens of thousands of people out. But nobody could figure out why they're not speeding up this visa process, why he isn't cutting through the red tape. Remember, George Bush came out yesterday and said, uh, President Biden can cut through the red tape on this. We need to. The Washington Post believes he did it purely because of the politics of the border. If that's wow. the case, I mean, that is a cynical, cynical, evil thing to do. It's that, a good thing we don't have recall elections on the national level. This story could have legs. If it's they get, a shame that we don't. If they get more sources to back that narrative and continue to go with it, woof. That could be a rough one for the Biden administration to deal with. Oh, I'm sorry, Kamala Harris said he, he doesn't make decisions based on uh, political needs. So, Armstrong and Getty.